You're listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program and a bit of a bloodbath political-wise on this Thursday is a major shakeup, as you just heard in the news, in the Doug Ford government. I cannot recall any finance minister getting tossed aside within a year of getting that post. This is a major reversal for a government that has already made somewhat of a mark for itself for being a government that reverses itself. This is incredible. We are waiting for the premier who is about to emerge from his second floor office at Queen's Park. All the cameras are there lined up to get his reaction. And it will be interesting to see how he talks about this. You will recall that the premier was very fond and has been fond of talking about his fantastic group of all-stars. Never before in the history of governments has ever a front bench been blah, blah, blah. And you know when he said that, you think, well, somebody's going to cue that kind of stuff up and play it back for you when things don't go well. Guys, let's be positive. I'm trying to be positive, Premier, but the reality of the issue is this is a major admission that the entire direction of the government was off-kilter somehow. You heard the headlines. Vic Fideli has been demoted from the finance department, and he will move to economic development. That is a stunning rebuke for the affable Nipissing MPP, who was interim progressive conservative leader until Ford took over in March of 2018. Now, the banishment of Fideli follows that incredibly uneven rollout of the budget. The former treasurer has basically been com- been blamed for the poor communications plan to sell the budget. And much has been made about how he categorized it and how he tried to spin it and how it turned out not to go that way. Again, we are keeping our eye on the door of Premier Ford's office, Queen's Park. We will take you to that when we get when we actually emerges, I will tell you somebody who was not shuffled today. I saw him in the feed in the back of the room, Dean French, the Premier's chief of staff. There's been much made about his hardline style of enforcing uh, cabinet uh, solidarity, the, the cheers, the jumping up, the ovations within the uh, legislature itself. And so if you want a reason for why this has happened today, Keep in mind that in his day job, Doug Ford goes to work, he says something, everybody around him jumps up and says, hooray, and applauds. And then, on May 14th, this happened. Doug Ford. (laughs) Boy, you know something? I haven't heard that much energy in a long time. My friends... (laughs) Boy, that's the first event I've ever had some booze, but anyways. Because uh, before, I was just you know, surrounded by stooges. So now there's no stooges and there's no applause. Well, that's not good. So that's reason number one for today. Here is reason number two, May 21st at the Collision Tech Conference in Toronto. I'd like to introduce the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford.
everybody. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome, my friends. Um, I, I don't think you know what that means. I don't. That is actually not the definition of warm welcome. This is incredible. Mm, no. Here now, I will bring for you reason number three and the capper for why there has been such a shuffle up and deal at Queen's Park today. The Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford! That, of course, was just this week at the Raptors celebration where the Boo Birds came out, and it just doesn't matter how the government tries to spin this. Guys, let's be positive. It is just difficult to be positive when you are getting booed. And so that is behind so much of what has happened as we continue to watch the live feed. We are awaiting Doug Ford to emerge from, oh, I see, you know what, I see a shadow behind the door. That's always fun. I'll tell you what, this is what happens when you do this, because I was Queen's Park Bureau Chief for an, a number of years, and not often did you get a premier coming out of the door and doing a, an address, but it does happen. It happens several times a year. And so you get cordoned off by this rope, and you get squeezed all in there, and of course, it's actually a working building. And so then security's like, well, you got to have... You got to have an ability to go around the corner and they squeeze you in and it gets testy and it gets hot and nobody cares because it's just, we're just bringing you the news. Uh, so where are we here in our reasons for Mr. Fideli to get thrown out? Well, there you had the boo birds, but that isn't really the whole story because Vic Fideli, as, as affable as he might seem to you, is incredibly unpopular in parts of the PC party. And here is why. I want to play this for you. This is Vic Fideli the day after everything went sideways for Patrick Brown. So Patrick Brown is out on his ear. There is turmoil. There is chaos. We are only months to the 2018 provincial election, and the progressive conservatives are without a leader and Vic Fideli says this. To be quite blunt, well over 500 emails today from people across the province that said, we want you there, it's your time. Yeah, Vic, it's your time. And so Vic Fideli then, what he does is say, well, there's no need, we don't have time for a leadership convention, and the entire caucus has rallied around me, and they have said unanimously that I am the guy, and Vic, it's your time, we don't have time for this. You know what, we'll hold, i tell you what we'll do. We'll have the election, and then we'll hold a leadership co- convention. And, you know, it just so happens that I might be premier at the time. Are you going to throw me out as leader? Well, that lasted all of about six to eight hours because that's when the executive of the Progressive Conservative Party came in and said, no, thank you, Vic. Thank you. No, thank you. We're going to have a leadership race. And pretty quickly, Vic was out. Now, I want to take you to what happened just a couple of months ago when Fideli released this 
budget that has now gotten the government in such hot water. Here is Vic Fideli talking about his budget. We have developed a reasonable path to balance. You've heard me say it, so I'll say it here today. The Goldilocks approach. It can't happen too quickly. It can't take too long. It has to be just right. Um, I did a little looking into this whole Goldilocks thing. Turns out, in the first ever written uh, edition of this story, first version ever to be written, the bears set Goldilocks on fire at the end of the story. So, yeah, I think you kind of nailed it there, Vic. You got it. Uh, you got the Goldilocks effect. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We continue to watch the front door of Doug Ford's second floor, uh, the office at Queen's Park. And he's got a little podium out there. That's nice. But you know what's not on it? There is no sign on it. And that's weird. Because normally it says for the people or, you know, Etobicoke is cool. Whatever they have that they just come up with. And there's nothing there. It's blank. And I'm watching it. And if a sign goes up, I'll be the first one to tell you. So there, I got that. You got that. So we're awaiting that, Doug Ford. And I want to run through some of the other things that are in the cabinet shuffle because it's really interesting to just look at what the government has done here. Christine Elliott, for example, is staying on as Deputy Premier and Minister of Health. But, however, the ministry itself has been split significantly because uh, there's now an Associate Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. That's Michael Tobola. I'll talk about him in just one a sec- one, a second. And then a Minister of Long-Term Care, Marilee Fullerton. Now, she takes over from uh, being in charge of the universities, and, of course, that rollout didn't go out very well when they said, oh, listen, hey, uh, 10% uh, tuition cut for everybody. Oh, and <laughs> oh, we're taking away uh, OSAP, by the way. So, you know, th- and this has been the difficulty with this government. They tell you one thing, and it turns out to be something completely different. And I talk about it quite openly on this program, that they, they seem to be treating the public like we're idiots, like somehow we can't see through it. And, and uh, that has been part of the problem over the last year. So Marilee Fullerton takes over as Minister of Long-Term Care. Traditionally, long-term care and health are a combined big ministry, but no longer. The Minister of Finance is now Rod Phillips, taking over for, for Vic Fideli. Rod Phillips was previously the Minister of Environment and was one of the more successful ministers in terms of communications. And really going back to when Doug Ford set up his cabinet, there were a lot of people that thought... At the time, and I was one of them, I was surprised that, that Vic Fideli even got the job. I thought it was going to go to Phillips. I thought it was either going to go to Phillips or Bethel and Falvey because of the clip that I just played you about Mr. Fideli saying, no, no, I, I'm the leader and we shouldn't have a leadership uh, race. And, and that really, I think, ticked off Doug Ford and Doug Ford's people. And so he is seen as outside the circle. So when things started to go sideways, there's not a lot of loyalty there. And that's why Vic finds himself on the way out. And by the way, I was watching earlier today the actual event uh, in the Lieutenant Governor's Suite, which if you get a chance to watch the news tonight or you see it online, just check it out for the appointments because the wood paneling is beautiful and the, the furniture is lovely. If you get a chance to tour Queen's Park when they do open doors, go in there and make sure you see the Lieutenant Governor's uh, Suite because it's beautiful, lovely, lovely place. 
But there was this moment where Vic Fidelli has to come up now that he's being sworn in as economic development minister. And he signs in and he goes over and he kind of gives a hug to Doug Ford. And it's a super awkward moment. It is, it, I mean, there's just no way to say anything other than that. <laughs> Moving on on our list of ministers, Steve Clark remains at Municipal Affairs and Housing. Sylvia Jones, Solicitor General, that is a new ministry that was created for her. Ontario had not had a Solicitor General for many decades, but uh, she remains on in that position. Jeff Urick, he moves to Environment. We await uh, Dofo, Doug Ford. We're just keeping an eye on his uh, front, his door at his office at Queen's Park. He's about to come out and talk to the uh, press about the big shuffle today. And I had a conversation earlier with uh, some of the muckety-mucks, some of the higher-ups here at uh, the station. I said, no, no, Doug will be out. Uh, are we going to dump out at about 12.05 when he comes out? And I said, he's never on time. And I said, well, this one, he might be on time. And then Drake called in and just said, Are you stupid? Are you dumb? That's, so, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Ford, uh, Doug Ford is waiting, uh, and I believe there has been a suggestion that he may actually just be listening to this radio station and enjoying me dance. Just, Doug, if you are listening, just call in, would you please? But Alan, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. <laughs> I know. Uh, I want to talk about one of the things that happened uh, in the shuffle, and that is the trouble with leases, because both leases, Lisa Thompson and Lisa McLeod, getting the shuffle, getting the short end of the stick. Here is Lisa McLeod in her new ministry. I, Lisa McLeod, swear that I will do, duly and faithfully and to the best of my skill and knowledge execute the powers and trust reposed in me as Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Sport of the Province of Ontario. So help me God. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, she did swear when she found out she was going to be Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Sport. Because that's like, that is junior ministry. Really, that is like low and like that you put the person in, you put the, either put the newbie in or the one that's on the way out the door. Like, that's the last seat at the cabinet table, like right next to the door. So that's not so good. And again, you got to ask yourself, Lisa, 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 what is with the Lisa's? And for Lisa McLeod, obviously, it was her handling of the autism file that was just generally a disaster. First, she trotted it out as... Oh, this is great. We're going to take all of the people on the wait list that are not getting any services whatsoever, and we're going to make sure that they get services. And within about 24 hours, the news came out that, wait a second, this is a one-size-fits-all program for a spectrum disorder, which makes zero sense. And that, according to the parents and the experts. And then the parents descended on Queen's Park. And the calls came in. The calls came into the premier himself. Some very difficult stories for him to have to listen to. So then we fast forward to March 21st, and here is Lisa McLeod admitting that she has mishandled the file 
And then after that, listen to the demand from NDP leader Andrea Horvath. There wasn't a lot of flexibility uh, to build a, a more expensive program. Um, but I can tell you, um, having spoken with the Premier, myself and my parliamentary assistant, Amy Fee, uh, the Premier believes I, I uh, should have a bit more flexibility and uh, was granted that. So we were able to, uh, to build up these enhancements. So we're very excited about that. This minister should scrap that plan completely and actually listen to the parents of children with autism and put a plan together uh, that makes sense. And in fact, I, I should say that perhaps we need another minister to do that. I think that Andrea Horvath just got her wish. And Premier Doug Ford's response to all of this at the time... Uh, uh, just basically silence until now. And you can see another uh, longtime stalwart PC MPP in opposition prior to Doug Ford coming in getting a move. Not a lot of loyalty there. Same goes for Lisa Thompson, who wasn't much more successful in education... There were school walkouts. There were fears over teachers losing their jobs. Despite assurances otherwise, and then even more money kicked in to try and hire back teachers after, remember all of this, you know, people, all these teachers that have been declared surplus. And I remember I had a conversation with my niece who was in grade 10 in Ottawa, and she was distraught because her favorite teacher, the band teacher, had been declared surplus and was gone. And he had told all, all the students of this, that that's it. I'm gone. I'm history. And they were, they were upset. This is one of the you know, young, popular teachers. You know the teacher that you, maybe you had as a kid. Two weeks later, it turns out the teacher's hired back. So you get a sense here that this was mishandled in a way because it – they could possibly have handled this in a way where those headlines were not would not have been able to percolate. And that fear of, you know, that fear doesn't go away. Even though the teacher is back, it's like, well, I don't know. Doug Ford, man, he just about did it. Here is uh, Lisa Thompson talking about the rollout of the original education revamp plan. Everything we do from this day forward will be responsible and measured. This plan is what the people want and what they need. Turn, uh, turns out not, not quite. Not, not quite. Guys, let's be positive. We're trying to be positive and put a positive spin on this, Premier, but the reality is this is a significant backtrack by this government. And before you think, well, hold on, can, you, can we talk about the new Queen song or something? Can you tell me a story about some animals? And I do actually have stories about animals coming up. I do. I have great stories about animals, and not all of them end well, which is, which is sad, but that's real life. And so stay tuned for that. But I, the reason that this is so important is that we have what appears to be general chaos in our provincial government. And these are the people that are responsible for the schools, for the hospitals, for so much in your life. So this is why this is so important to keep an eye on, because it certainly appears this is not, I don't think you can call this just a reset. This is a retreat. This is basically saying the blueprint that we have laid out, we have abandoned. And it'll be interesting when Doug Ford does emerge. Doug, I know you're listening. Uh, When Doug Ford does come out, how he spins this. And here's what I would suggest to you, Premier, because I know you're, you're actually looking for some advice. 
is I would come out and say, this doesn't change a thing. We are still on the same track. We're not moving anything. We just needed a new look at the numbers. And, you know, that Rod Phillips uh, is the guy to take it forward. And now there are going to be some uncomfortable questions about Vic Fideli. Here's what I think you say there, is you say, you know, Vic has expressed an interest in traveling more to the United States to speak with, uh, you know, governors. Uh, and he, you know, he he wants to head south because he's a northerner. He's from Nipissing and he, the winter sucks. So he wants to spend more time south of the border. I don't know. I think that's a, that's about as plausible a spin as anything. And you think about Vic Fidelli. Here's another thing that you've got to keep an eye on. It's accounting. And I know you're bored. Like, numbers. Come on. Why? But because it's important. Because did you know this? That the whole thing about, oh, we got a $15 billion deficit and all that. That, a, a giant chunk of that, uh, billions upon billions, comes from an accounting dispute about whether or not we put pension assets in or out. And you watch. New finance minister. New move on that. And you'll watch Rod Phillips is I'm this is my prediction. Rod Phillips is going to move to say, no, Bonnie Lissick, you're wrong. We're going to go back to the old way. Oh, by the way, the deficit is now four and a half, five billion dollars less. Aren't we fantastic money managers? You keep your eye on that, because I tell you, that is coming our way in a big hurry. This is the Alan Carter radio program. We're keeping our eye on the Doug Ford door. The Premier a little bit late as he continues to scribble down notes that I am giving him. I want to quickly, can I play the Queen thing? I just want to go to this. Because if you heard this, Universal Music now has unveiled a previously unheard and unreleased song by the late Queen frontman Freddie Mercury. This is the track Time Waits for No One. It was originally recorded in 1986 for a concept album of the musical time with musician Dave Clark. There's a video also to this. Of course, Mercury dying of AIDS-related pneumonia back in 1991. Here we are. This is a previously unheard and unreleased song featuring the late Queen frontman Freddie Mercury. That is a newly released, and I'm sorry for singing over Freddie, but that's a newly released song from the late Queen frontman Freddie Mercury, Time Waits for No One, which you can... Now see a video for as well, that being released by Universal Music. We continue to, time may be not waiting for anybody, but we're continuing to wait for Doug Ford. We are back in a moment. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Before we get to Doug Ford, I promised sad animal stories, real-life animal stories, 
Uh, this one, the first one from Idaho, where wildlife officials are urging black bear hunters to choose their targets with care after a protected grizzly bear was spotted in north-central Idaho for the first time in a decade. A hunting guide restocking a black bear baiting site encountered that three-year-old male grizzly earlier this month. That's, a, that's good news because the bear is protected and they haven't seen bears like that in that area for a long time. To the Czech Republic, where officials say five critically endangered eastern black rhinos from wildlife parks in three European countries are now ready to be transported back to their natural habitat in Rwanda, where the entire rhino population was wiped out during the genocide in the 1990s. Three female and two male rhinos uh, will be moved to this park in November. Zoo officials saying Thursday they have been gradually trained to get used to the custom-made uh, areas to crates rather to transport them to Rwanda. There are only a couple of few hundred of these subspecies remaining in the world. So good news for those rhinos. See, those are the good news stories. Now things take a turn. To Utica, New York, where a peacock at an upstate New York zoo was killed by a lion after it flew over a fence into the African lion enclosure. Zoo officials say the white peacock named Merlin was captured by a lion Wednesday morning after being unable to fly back out of the exhibit. Zoo officials wrote in a Facebook post that Merlin came there in 2006 as an adult, spent his days roaming the grounds. Merlin was described as a visitor favorite who would relax in the bamboo gardens. Call out from the treetops. Administrators say Merlin will be dearly missed. Zoo staff led the lions into their inner holding area after the incident to prevent potential aggressive behavior towards each other because... Not a lot of meat on a peacock. To Helsinki, where Estonian authorities say a wolf that captured international attention earlier this year after being rescued from an icy Estonian river by construction workers may have been killed. The Environment Agency telling local broadcaster on Wednesday that the wolf's GPS tracking collar hasn't transmitted signals for a week. A lawmaker who is an outspoken environmentalist said on Facebook the wolf probably has been shot. He cited an ongoing police investigation in the matter. Alan, Alan, please stop crying. So those are some real-life animal stories. Is well, Let's bring in Travis Danraj, who is, like everybody else, in the world of provincial affairs, waiting for Doug Ford to, I don't know, what, finish his lunch, Travis? What? <laughs> They're about half an hour later, so, Alan, uh, the swearing in was at 10.30. We just got... We just started getting right now, as you hear in the background, a two-minute warning for the premier to come out uh, and talk to the media about this uh, reset, restart of cabinet. I mean, this is a huge shuffle. Uh, I'm sure you've talked about it already, but seven new faces, and uh, we see some ministries split up. Uh, Certainly a big shakeup when the premier's approval rate uh, is dwindling right now in the province. I call it a retreat more than anything else. This is a two. This is a hundred and eighty degree running away from the fire. And you saw a real life example of just how people feel right now about this on Monday when the premier was introduced at Nathan Phillips Square. A diverse group of people uh, that were waiting to cheer on the Raptors. He was introduced, and you know, a crowd of tens of thousands booed the premier. Let's listen to that. Let's listen to that, Travis. The premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. 
my my question, Travis, initially was, what in the world is his comms teams thinking putting him in out there? They knew that would happen. But I, I feel like they were kind of in a difficult position, right? Because if you've got the mayor there, the prime minister, and not the premier, that looks bad if he doesn't show up. And then if you do put him out there, uh, you know, he was booed at other public events previously, then uh, there's a bit of a problem as well. And I've got to run because it looks like the premier is coming out right now. All right, I'll let you go as we tee up a little bit more booing. A little more Don't of the... Four. Here we go. I'm actually playing this as I'm watching Boy, the staff exiting the door. You know something? I haven't heard that much energy in a long time. My friends. <laughs> Boy, that's the first event I've ever had some booze, but anyways. Yeah, that was the Special Olympics, if you recall. That was when it first started. And I said at the time that this is a big, big problem for the premier because it made news. And once it, make news, it makes news, it becomes sort of a snowball rolling down a hill. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then next thing you know, you're Frosty the Snowman in the greenhouse. And you, then that's how we get to here. We, that's how we get to today. The Premier has just emerged from his second floor office and he's speaking. He's talking about reinvesting. That is the most important thing he said. He said that the the government now is focused on reinvesting, which is a different tack than he has taken before. He's talked about the tough decisions his government has had to make fast-paced. He said said that 85% of the agenda of the government has been passed in a single year. Here he is now taking questions from the media about this major shuffle. This is Premier Doug Ford live. Services like health care and, and education, we need to bring those in line. But Premier, you've changed your cabinet. But what about you? A government starts at the top, that's, that's right. with you. Yeah. What are you going to do to change? Do you think you need to change? Well, I think uh, I've always been a believer, and I've said this in front of the media many times, I look at continuous improvement. It starts with me. Uh, every one of our cabinet ministers have done a good job, but we can always do a better job. I can always do a better job uh, as well. And uh, we're going to, uh, as I said, Cynthia, we uh, we passed 20 pieces of legislation. Uh, we, we went through, uh, I think it was four, uh, uh, four legislative uh, assemblies that we went in there four different times, worked all year, all summer. And uh, by the way, uh, talking about working uh, the summer, uh, all of you have been down here long enough. Uh, we're going to continue working. And because we aren't sitting, it doesn't mean we aren't working. Uh, just got back from a trip from Sudbury and uh, announced some great things for the people of uh, Subway. Uh, I mean, for uh, Sudbury. Sam would slip up question? there. Yeah. For the no, ma'am, thank you. Um, you said that you, you think you can improve. How do you think you can improve? And what have you learned this past year as premier? Well, uh, Cynthia, I've always admitted uh, always that uh, could we've done a couple things better? Absolutely. And I'll say that over and over again. I think uh, one thing that uh, our team can do better, I can do better. Uh, we had some incredible successes. Uh, a lot of legislation passed to make this province better. And I, I think we uh, always have to do a better job in, in communicating. And we will do a better job in, in communicating our, our successes, even though we, we are uh, against uh, multi-billion dollar unions, uh, you know, public sector unions coming at us and other people that have uh, had this sense of entitlement. 
a sense of entitlement with the taxpayers' money for the last 15 years. It's not sustainable if we continue down that path. We had to make some tough uh, decisions. But those tough decisions were, were responsible. And it was a reasonable budget and a, and a thoughtful budget. Uh, so everyone uh, collectively has to work together to make sure we're in a better financial standing than uh, we were when we came into, into office. You're listening to Doug Ford Live. This is, uh, this is virtually unprecedented, the level of change. Yes. So what do you say to people who will say this shows that things were not working in your government so far? Well, I go back to uh, no government. Actually, I think we're equal to when Mike Harris, uh, we had the same number of changes as Mike Harris. I think we were tied because we looked into it, but that's here and there. Those are, those are uh, they looked many years it, ago. What? Uh, Obviously, but, it's uh, obsessing again, him. I go back to uh, the economy. Uh, our economy is on fire. So, in uh, other words, not answering the question, and now he moves on to something jobs. else. And uh, now he's our, on talking points. Our policies uh, created the environment to create 190,000 jobs. Our economy is on fire here in Ontario. We're probably short over two, ECDEV tells me over 200,000 uh, jobs are out there that we need to ECDEV fill. ECDEV means economic development, which is where Vic Fideli has gone. Shortage. But we've uh, created an, uh, an environment for companies to thrive and prosper and grow. And when companies thrive, prosper and grow, the, the people that work there in communities thrive and prosper. To follow up, though, yes. you you move your key ministers, Vic Fidelli, Lisa McLeod, Lisa Thompson, out. Doesn't that show you didn't have confidence in what they were doing? Well, I had a, a 100% confidence, 100% every, I mean, each and every one of them. Uh, year one is uh, a little different than, than year two. Again, uh, we ended up getting 85% of our agenda through. Uh, our promises, and, and we're going to continue uh, moving the rest of the agenda forward. That's a total dodge. Um, and on I'm, that I'm one, not going to comment on uh, each and individual person, but I want to tell you about Vic Fideli. He did a great job, uh, and this will be an exception. Uh, but I want to address Vic Fideli. He did an incredible job as uh, finance minister. And when we sat back, and our number one key goal uh, is obviously always health and education, but is creating jobs. Uh, again, uh, there's no better salesperson. Uh, in our team than, than Vic Fideli. He started his own company. He was very successful, and uh, he's the best salesperson we have. So he's going to be bringing more jobs to Ontario and, uh, again, continue uh, the boom that we see here in Ontario. We're absolutely thriving. Services. Is that part of your acknowledgement that you know, whether what you were doing was the right thing or not, that your message wasn't getting out, that the public wasn't hearing? Well, you're listening to Doug live. percent uh, correct when you say our message wasn't getting out. And uh, again, I, I've admitted it uh, numerous times, I'll continue admitting it, that uh, we need to be very clear on our message because we've had some incredible accomplishments. And I, I can tell you that you ask yourself when we sit back, we had such an exciting uh, group of uh, people in that cabinet meeting. They're all energized, ready to go. Is this province better off than it was a year ago? It's not a little better off. It's a thousand times better off when Somebody it comes want to, to the check finance that math? of this province, bringing down the deficit down to $11.8 billion, bringing down the debt by $4 billion, making sure we end hallway health care, uh, putting in 7,000 new long-term care beds, uh, making sure that we restructure the education system, 
making sure that uh, we create more jobs, uh, 190,000 jobs unprecedented in a year, uh, but we're going to make sure that we're very clear on our on our message and our accomplishments. Uh, we had so many accomplishments uh, last year, we couldn't keep up, and uh, I'll be very frank, the opposition couldn't keep up uh, as well. So uh, it's, uh, it's good news, but we still have a lot of work to do. Things are so great. Why did you fire the, the, the finance minister? This well, has never happened I before. Well, I, I, don't, I don't look at it that way again. Uh, but that's what We're putting the right people in the right place at the right time. Uh, Vic's uh, our top salesperson. He's going to go out there and create more jobs. Nothing outside of health and education is more important than economic development and job creation. What? And and I can't ask for a better uh, person than oh, Vic man, to get out there representing the province. All right, we're going to pot that down. Thank you. That is uh, Doug Ford. Uh, ask, and that was a key question right there. If things are so going so great, how come you just chucked over your top guy? That doesn't make sense. We only have a couple of minutes left, but I want to leave you with a little rip and read. What we do here is uh, my producer brings in some news stories that I have not seen before. I have not read any of these. I haven't seen a thing of this, and I'm going to read it ice cold and see how I can do it. This is Anchorman Freestyle. Hit me with a beat. Spotted. A swarm of ladybugs so huge it showed up on National Weather Service. National Weather Service meteorologists noticed something puzzling on their radar screens in Southern California on Tuesday evening, a big green blob. It was very strange because it was a relatively clear day. We weren't expecting any rain or thunderstorms. Casey Oswant, a NWS meteorologist in San Diego, tells NPR. But on our radar, we are seeing something that indicated there was something out there. So the meteorologist called in a weather spotter near the blob's location... And it turns out, they were ladybugs. Rabbits pictured surfing on sheep's back to escape rising floodwaters. A farmer has photographed wild rabbits riding on the backs of sheep to escape rising floodwaters during heavy rain in New Zealand. Ferg Horn says he's never seen anything like it. He was puzzled because he knew his neighbor, who was away in Russia attending a nephew's wedding, did not have any black-faced sheep. Then he saw the bedraggled wild rabbits hitching a ride, two atop one sheep and a third on another. The sheep were huddled together on a high spot in the farm, standing in about three inches of water. Mr. Horn said the rabbits had got wet but seemed fairly comfortable. Last one. Ripping and reading. The tree that might have inspired Dr. Zeus the Lorax has died. The Monterey cypress that is thought to have inspired the trophella trees in the Lorax has fallen. The shaggy tree thought to be about 100 years old, according to Tim Graham, spokesman for San Diego Parks, said, it's gone. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we rock it here on Rip and Read on the Alan Carter Radio Program. Thank you so much for joining us as we discussed that big shakeup at Queen's Park. We'll have all that for you tonight on Global News with Travis Danraj, our Queen's Park Bureau Chief. Until tomorrow, Boo! have a great day. Boo! Boo!